Well, with the men's ashes out of the way, and I think we've talked about that enough on this show so far. So let's look forward, not backwards. And uh, as with everything cricket at the moment, one thing comes straight hot on the heels of another. Uh, and as the men's ashes finish, the women's ashes gets underway down under tonight. And so I turn to our resident women's sport expert, whether it's netball, whether it's hockey, whether it's athletic, whatever, you name it. Georgie Heath is your go-to girl. So, Georgie, women's ashes, what do you know? I know that I'm already not being able to sleep because I'm too excited. I mean, we've gone through we've gone through the stress of not sleeping. We all disrupted our sleeping patterns. And lots of people going, I'm putting mine back together now. No chance. I've got women's cricket. I've got Australian Open. My sleeping pattern is staying as bonkers as my own brain. So, yeah, women's ashes. And it's what was exciting is when they were like, oh, you know what, we're going to bring it six days earlier, which for us that want to watch, that's great. I can't say it was particularly easy for the players, I imagine, but it was also that they could get in the right amount of quarantine and stuff leading up to the World Cup, which will be straight off the back of the women's ashes. So, yeah, starting tomorrow, we start with the three T20s instead of the test match that we're going to start with. So the girls are off to... Adelaide. We've already had two warm-up games. They've been a bit up and down with England A, but we had a nice Sophie Eccleston casually taking seven wickets. So it's nice to know that the world's number one is on form leading into this Ashes. And it's one of those things, the last few years we've had lots of people in and out of matches with injuries, COVID, this, that and the other. And then yesterday, um, we heard the news that Australia's Beth Mooney, who is the world's number one T20 batter, is out with a fractured jaw. She got hit in training, which is obviously horrendously sad for her. Bit of a boost to England's hopes in there. But yeah, oh my God, it's amazing. I love the idea of a multi-format series. Sometimes I think it would be nice for the men to play that, but maybe that's because then they might actually win a game. I don't know. But yeah, so it's actually, so we've got test maps. I mean, five of, um, where am I? Yeah, so a number of the last test matches have been drawn and it's a bit of a, bit of a, should they do something more with the pitch? But then we've obviously got the T20s, the ODIs, and it's fun because obviously England are the 50 over world champions, whereas Australia are the T20 world champions. So it is champion versus champion, although Australia currently number one in the world at both. Um, yeah, so coming off the back of what was an amazing summer for women's cricket in this country, we then had the big bash, the women's big bash. So we've had a number of English girls out there. The Australians have been showing what they can do. And you can see that there is depth in both sides. We've got youth and experience, and it's going to be just amazing. Like we've got people like Charlie Dean that have come in, Maya Boucher. Sophie Eccleston is only 22. We've got to remember that. And it feels like she's been around forever. And then the Australians have got people like Elise Perry is still around. She's still blooming good at what she does. Although questions over whether she will be selected in T20s or not are still to be answered but then they've also brought in Alana King for her international debuts off the back of an amazing women's big bash that she won with the Perth Scorchers taking 16 wickets at 5.82 so it is it's just going to be absolutely amazing what a demonstration and you can feel that there is more 
there is more going on around this, as it seems to be called, the washes. We've got the mashes and the washes than I've ever heard before. And the people want the women's ashes. And I just, I can't wait, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there um, the hundred. And I think the one thing that the hundred has done is put uh, women's cricket and women cricket players uh, right in the spotlight. So when I look down at the England team, for example, and even the Australian team, but certainly the England team, the names are all familiar to me now because I watched all of the, the hundred and the women's game. And then since then, I've become acutely aware of who's who and what they do and whatever else um, and, and can recognise them a lot easier. Maybe in the past, they were just names on the scorecard, but definitely it's if, if the hundred has achieved nothing else, it's put women's cricket or getting it on the way on the on to where it should be so to me yeah, that makes this yeah. that makes this actually much more interesting now you said it's a multi-format um series is there one format that england is maybe better at than the others it's difficult that one because obviously when you come up against australia who just are so good they are number one in the odis at the moment they're number one in the t20s but on their day england can perform either as we saw when they won that world cup in the odis um back in 2019 no 2017 normally back in 2017 at lords when they won that you can see that on their day they can bring it but it's going to be tough because australia are so strong and then it's difficult to gauge on a test match because we don't play enough women's test matches. And I know that historically it's not where the women's game focuses mainly. And we do, you know, it is a lesser, it's a less regular women's test match. But if you look at last year's when we played against India, England are not bad test match side uh, at all. Sure. They're not bad. We just, we've got to be careful because when you're out practicing some like a test match, there's a reason it's called a test match. And when you don't play them that often, you don't want, you know, someone like Sophie Eccleston going into test match, bowling over after over after over, and then not being on form for the three ODIs. So it's something they're going to have to man manage quite well. And I think that's the one thing that makes it difficult in a multi-format series, because you do have people that play across all three. And so... I wouldn't say there's necessarily one we're stronger or weaker at, and it all depends on the day, really, which sounds like such a cop-out of an answer. But I'm going to blame the lack of women's test cricket for that one. <laughs> so as it stands, Australia hold the Ashes. They won it in 2019 um, in England. Uh, England last won it in 2013-14 in Australia. So um, about time that was put right, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's not very many people still in that side that were there at the time. But obviously, we've got the stalwarts, like we've got Catherine Brunt still in there. Heather Knight is just absolutely as she's a great person. She's an absolute legend. She is, you know, she is the face of the women's game in this country. She's a fantastic captain. She really thinks on her feet, but also she is just a phenomenal batter. So, yeah. It, it is about time we won it and we have got those players in there. We've got the strength and depth. And like I said earlier, we've got the youth and experience. We've even got someone like Nat Siver in there as well, you know, and she has already said that she's, she wants that number one all round a spot back. So she's going to be 
really putting in the hard graft to try and get that with both bat and ball. So yeah, I think, you know what? I, I'm gonna throw it in now. I think we can do it. So, I mean, I don't have much money to bet on it, but if I were a betting person, I'm gonna say England can do this. England can take this. And obviously you've got, with the multi-formats, you've got two points for each of the T20s and the ODIs, and then four on offer for the test match. So a total of 16 points. So it is all to play for. You know, you might lose the first T20, but it's only two points. There's another two, this test match. And so it's very much about once they, it's been a difficult preparation, but once they get into their flow and they get in there, it might be difficult in this first game, but yeah, I think England can do this. You mentioned in preparation. Heather Knight, um, I read, was uh, complaining about the the um, comical, to use her adjective, preparation uh, for this. I mean, it's been a, a running story throughout cricket these last two years about how difficult preparation has been. And we've seen it with the men's ashes. Um, but I've seen from other quarters that spirits seem high. I've seen stuff from Tammy Beaumont, from Tash Farrant, um, who are all very, very upbeat and uh, revved up for this. So I think once we get underway, that will all be forgotten. Yeah, so do I. I think it's very much one of those situations you just want to get going now. I think they've been through that horrendous preparation. It's been a horrible last few years for everyone. And women's sports suffered terribly throughout the pandemic. And then something like the 100 for women's cricket was great. And then we've got the domestic We've got the Rachel Hayer Flint Trophy, the Charlotte Edwards. So the girls have had the match play. And I think now they just want to get out there and perform on the biggest stage in what is arguably the top two teams in the world taking each other on in all three formats of the game. And that's what people want to see. And I think I think there is that sense that it is it does seem different. It seems bigger than before. And for those players that it's their first Ashes or those players that it's their you know, at least Perry playing in her eighth, it is, it's huge. And I think, yes, comical preparation, but you've just got to put that aside, go, we've got through that. It's now what we can put out on the pitch in those X amount of overs that we're playing today. And winning this is a good spring ball because you mentioned the World Cup uh, follows hot on the heels of this one. Um, so Ashes, Women's World Cup, and then we look forward to the domestic season and of course the hundreds uh, in high summer. So it's quite a good starting point. Now it's almost it almost feels like uh, England are in the starting blocks, just waiting for the pistol now, uh, as far as twenty twenty two goes. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's what's amazing. Like twenty twenty one was for women's cricket pretty good, but then yeah, that was the springboard almost into what is a chocker block twenty twenty two. And I bet you'll you'll get those people saying, "Oh, there's too much. There's too much of this." But you know what? In my eyes. As long as everyone is safe and happy and being able to play, not getting injured from too much, there is no such thing as too much cricket, too much women's cricket, bring it on. And I think that's how they must be feeling. There was a long time without international cricket and there's a long time in bubbles to play one game and then in another bubble somewhere. And I think this is just sort of the culmination of all that hard graft and those hours spent doing things you don't want to be doing, like sat in a hotel room and having a... PCR test shoved up your nose, picking out your brain, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is the culmination of all that. And we can see that the money put into women's cricket is coming to fruition. And you've got these young players coming through. You've got the older players still managing to play. And it's going to be, we thought 2021 was good for women's cricket. 2022 is going to be 
the one that everyone remembers because it's going to be the one, the big one, the one we've all been waiting for to quote Oliver Wood from Harry Potter. <laughs> well, that sounds fantastic. And uh, yeah, we could all do with a bit of cheering up. And I think, um, and I hope the women are going to do it for us after the miserable men's ashes. So let's hope that the women can bring a bit of a smile back to the face of cricket and um, a springboard into a very exciting 2022. Georgie, I know you're busy, um, but uh, many, many thanks for your thoughts and uh, insight into uh, the women's ashes. And as I say, they start Thursday night, stroke Friday morning in the early hours, and uh, we shall be watching closely. And we'll be back in touch to get updates from you. Amazing. Well, thanks, Darren. And have a fab day, everyone.